Hi Kieran, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. How are you doing? Good, I'm all good. How are you doing? I'm all good. Trying to cope with as best as I can during the pandemic. <laughs> me too, me too. I was wondering today if you could just talk to me about through leaving school to studying, you know, in Belfast, doing your music and audio production and how you also got into your career with Small Town America and the recording studio in our hometown of Derry. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose... I studied like a mix of A-levels um, when I was going through school. and I, I went to St. Columns College. Um, so I, I had initially studied maths, mm-hmm. physics, music and geography. I quickly dropped geography because I knew that that wasn't for me. It was terrible. <laughs> but I always had like a really, yeah. kind of like a really big interest in like, in maths and physics, mainly because they're quite like logical and pragmatic and there's a really clear cut way of, of learning those subjects. And it seemed to kind of just suit my my way of thinking. But I also really, really, really loved music. And I was always playing instruments from when I was really young. I think like, you know, I was kind of encouraged to, to play clarinet from a really early age yeah. um, through school and, and learned drums and was always in bands and mm-hmm. stuff. But I never really could figure out a way to kind of land on a job in music without kind of having to be like a touring musician. And then it got to the point where I was studying mm-hmm. the A-levels and we were doing... Uh, multi-tracking for our like A-level coursework. Did you do the same thing at, at A-level? I did that as well. <laughs> and uh, So how did you find it when you when you did it at A-level? I found it really difficult. I didn't have a clue where, where to start with it. It was a lot better than doing, you know, like the composing where you keep to the guidelines of the classical music because I found that quite difficult. But I felt like you could take inspirations from pop and rock and you could be a lot more creative with it. Totally. And I think that's kind of why, well, like a lot of our class kind of excelled in doing that type of coursework um, because there was a lot of, we had like a really Mm -hmm. big class actually. There was like 18 of us or 20 of us and we all were kind of from the pop and rock background, you know, like everybody was playing instruments as like playing in bands and stuff. There wasn't a lot of people that Mm -hmm. were playing, you know, classical instruments and orchestras. And so we had, we had already done composition at, at GCSE and that was cool. It was like, I really enjoy that mm-hmm. aspect of things as well, but being able to do multi-tracking and kind of get creative with like different sounds and, and layering up, you know, like your favorite song and trying to figure out how you can, you know, make it different and change the structure of it. And so we, we would do kind of amuse ourselves. We would take like really kind of cheesy pop songs and make them indie, like, you know, like indie rock songs or whatever. So mm-hmm. taking your own twist on them. I like I remember doing like for lower sixth I remember a mate of mine he had this like really good arrangement of an Akon song and it was like basically it sounded mm-hmm. like Two Door Cinema Club which obviously were they were pretty big at the time because you're talking like 2010 2011 um so yeah. like we were trying our best to kind of do that kind of thing and that really drew me in to like that side of music and and how experiment with different sounds and putting songs together and stuff how that would work mm-hmm. so that kind of made me think then about like working in a recording studio kind of seemed to pull together my sort of passion for music and also like the really pragmatic kind of mm-hmm. side with physics and and just having the knowledge of how sound moves through a room and stuff like that so I suppose that's that's how I kind of ended up thinking about going to study that kind of thing. And did that make you kind of want to be in the background more than actually doing the performing? Um, In some ways maybe maybe in hindsight now looking back at it mm-hmm. like I definitely prefer that now but at the time when I was in school yeah. I loved being in bands and I was like happy to be like up on stage and yeah. performing and kind of doing that kind of thing like orchestras playing orchestras for me was kind of it never really was that fun I never really enjoyed it although now that I'm 
a bit older, I'd love to go back and do it again. But I always loved being in a band and writing and kind of getting up and playing gigs and stuff like that when I was younger. It just seemed far more exciting. I was in um, the Whelb Orchestra. Were you at that one as well? I wasn't. I think I might have been in it for a short while, actually. And then I really didn't like it for some reason. Like, it really didn't mm-hmm. click with me at all. Even though, like, loads of my mates were in it and stuff, the appeal was never there to, like, spend extra time outside of school in an orchestra. I just wanted to be out playing drums or like skateboarding or like, you know, doing something that was fun to me or whatever. But I sometimes felt like going to the orchestra was like Saturday school, like we're like playing in a band. It's, it's more fun. Totally. I, I suppose like there was like a real social aspect to it. Looking back on it now, I actually, if mm-hmm. I had kept up with it, I maybe would have met a lot of the people that I work with now sooner. Like a lot of musicians that are in bands, they seem to have that background. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have that background of playing in orchestras and stuff, they've definitely had a different background of playing in church or whatever, mm-hmm. if they're religious in any way. I suppose like there's a lot of people that I now work with that like I probably would have met maybe 10 years ago if I had mm-hmm. actually paid attention and been in orchestra for a longer period of time. That's really interesting. Everyone always starts maybe at kind of the same level and then I feel like people who do music kind of go into their own branches then. Totally. I think they do. And, and I think that especially like being in, in the north of Ireland, like the community is so small here. So like everybody ends up knowing everyone else um, in some way, but it just depends on like where they fall and they like that chain of people you know like some for some people it's when they're 15 and they're playing an orchestra and for some other people it's when they're like 25 and they meet you know like a, another singer songwriter in a bar at an open mic night and then they all get to know each other i think it kind of happens quite naturally if you know what i mean what was it that made you decide to go to Sark, which is the Sonic Arts Research Centre in Queen's University? Because um, I feel like a lot of people feel like they need to go to Liverpool or Manchester because they're kind of seen as like music cities. Yeah, I think um, the appeal for me was, it was actually kind of a weird one where because I was doing that kind of mix of subjects at A-level, I wasn't too sure if like having a career in music was going to be too stable. Um, so I had actually applied for a bunch of different courses. I had applied for like mm-hmm. two music technology courses, two maths courses, and one electrical engineering course. Oh, that's a big mixture. <laughs> it was really varied and it made writing like my personal statement so difficult. Mm-hmm. But it was, it worked out. It was fine. And like I got offers for them all. And in my head, if I was doing the, the sensible thing, I was going to go and do maths. But it was actually uh, my parents that, that had convinced me like mm-hmm. to go and do music. Cause they were like, you know, you've got like a really big love for this, this whole thing, you know, so you may as well kind of go and do it. And I think it was around, it was just after the the recession in 2008, like that had happened and we were kind of seeing the fallout of that in like 2010, 2011. And the world seemed like a wee bit miserable, although as much less miserable than what it is now. Like at the time, my dad had turned around and was like, you should definitely go and do music, you know, like that's what people look to for um, like enjoyment and it brings them happiness and whatever. So it was kind of, he was like, you know, you could definitely add something to other people's life if you go and do that. Whereas if you go and do like a maths degree, you know, you might end Mm -hmm. up being like an accountant or something, but would it make you happy and would it make anybody else happy? Maybe not. So it was actually, it was pretty insightful. Like I don't think many people's parents would have that attitude towards it. That's a nice way to think about it. That was kind of one reason then where I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll go and do this. Um, but in order to make the decision a wee bit more mm-hmm. foolproof, there was a lot of computer programming on that course at Queen's, which there wasn't in any other music technology course. 
so I ended up kind of going there partly for like the music technology mm-hmm. side and and learning how to kind of record and and do sound design for films and stuff um but also for the computer programming aspect because I had kind of had this idea of maybe designing like musical plugins for like smartphones or for laptops you know like digital audio workstations and stuff mm-hmm. which is I suppose it's really really niche but that kind of seemed to me like it could be a real viable career option if if I kind of wanted to pursue mm-hmm. it and the course was really varied as well. I did music in Queens as well and I remember I did um, a sound design course in first year and one of the courses was that we had to design music for a video game and it, it wasn't what I expected from the course at all. Uh, it's really really different. Did you th- find that they were quite kind of well-rounded in, in the first year like you got to try a load of different kind of avenues or, or was it kind of pretty straightforward if you were doing the music degree? Um, I, I felt like you were given experience of everything. I think it didn't come until second and third year where there was more poppy courses because in first year it was you know like music theory and chords which I, I hated that so it wasn't really until second and third year that I really started to kind of find what I was really interested mm. in then. Yeah. I find the same thing like I think the first year for me was really it was really varied looking back on it but like it was also really frustrating because mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of time spent kind of working solely like in the box so like completely within a computer and we weren't actually out doing any like real world recording and we weren't in studios or anything um, so to me I couldn't really see mm-hmm. like how to kind of get like a vocational kind of bit of learning out of it you know where if you were going on to work in a studio, you kind of need that. You need to be able to see people making up a drum kit. You need to be able to see like how you would make an orchestra and stuff like that. And is that what pushed you towards doing your placement with Small Town America then? I think it was. I think I kind of spent the first two years not really working that hard. Um, I was kind of trying out different bits and pieces mm-hmm. of the course and I was actually ready to drop out by the end of the first year because um, I wasn't crazy about... Belfast at the time and I wasn't crazy about the course mm-hmm. so I was going to go and like move to Glasgow and do something different maybe um, and I had it in my head that I was maybe going to drop out and I thought like I'll just give it another chance. So I went back in the second year um, and things really changed at that point. Um, we were doing a lot more recording, the assignments, stuff like that became more fun and um, there was kind of more, it was kind of more how I thought it would be but I still didn't really feel like I knew enough if I was to walk into a job so I couldn't really you know like join the dots between like Mm -hmm. the end of that second year and how I would feel at the end of the third year walking into a job and someone expecting me to do something I ended up I think I'd already played on like a session for Mm -hmm. um a guy called Andrew Ferris and he he runs small town America or you know like ran the label and and at the time they had just moved into a new studio and I played on a session for him maybe like a mm-hmm. couple months in the, my second year. And I think at the time I messaged him back and I was like, oh, you know, thanks for having me today. It was really fun and whatever. And he was like, oh, that was great. You know, we should work together again. And that was something that like, I suppose a lot of people say, but I was like, I'm definitely going to take him up on that. I'd love to work with him again. That would be brilliant. Really enjoyed it. He was in one of my favorite bands, you know, so it was kind of like it sounds really cheesy but it was kind of like a dream come true in a way you know where you get to work with like one of your favorite musicians so that in itself I was like this is amazing this is what I'd love to do you know work with a bunch of musicians in a room and throw around ideas all day and stuff so 
I had asked him for a placement or just I, actually it wasn't even like a placement it was like work experience um, and I think he had initially said like come down you know when you're finished university just for summer and come down and do like four days um, I was supposed to be here for four days and just never left I was supposed to go back to university in, th- mm-hmm. in the third year and I went back but I was still down here every weekend and any free time that I had was spent in the studio at that point so that's really cool because see in school and in university you are told to go to a placement but they don't really tell you why mm. why you should do it or how it does benefit you no no way and like I mean I did some work experience when I was I think whenever I was in lower sixth and that was it was different you know mm-hmm. it was in a different studio um and it was with a different band and I think like the vibe of the thing was really different I was kind of I spent the whole day sitting on the sofa just kind of watching what was going on and that was really valuable you know because you mm-hmm. were just kind of there to to kind of be a fly on the wall and see what was happening and I remember being like raging going back to school you know I just didn't want to go back because I really enjoyed it so much but I couldn't really see how I could make a job for myself in that position because there's mm-hmm. there were so few studios at that time and people were kind of making bigger strides with like getting laptops and recording at home mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it kind of looked like the music industry was going to pivot at that point to like home recording like recording studios were going to be redundant so like fast forward a couple of years later and I'm in university it hadn't changed that much and I thought mm-hmm. well I'll just give it a go and see what it's like but I'd never really planned to do it. I think a lot of people listen to music and don't really understand the amount of work that goes on in the background so could you tell me what a day's work would look like for you mm. in small town America? Yeah, I kind of um like a few kind of variations of a of a typical day. Like some days are spent like completely alone, and I'm I'm mixing um where we've recorded a track previously, and I'm kind of you know balancing the levels of all the individual tracks and kind of making it sound ready for radio, I suppose, um or ready for like release. And then other days mm-hmm. are spent recording with the band um and that's usually like starts at 10 o'clock everybody kind of lands in we we have a listen to like some influences for the songs um figure out what we're going to be working on get some sounds and that might include like you know trying out different drum kits trying out different guitars different amplifiers basically figure out this like big massive sound jigsaw i suppose and see how it's all going to fit together Mm -hmm. I see what works with different styles of artists and different styles of Completely. songs. I, I like just kind of mm-hmm. see what's suitable, you know, so like kind of just choosing the right tools for the job. And then that, that whole day is spent kind of recording mm-hmm. with the artist and making sure that they're happy with how things are going. And you're kind of on the technical end, trying to make sure that everything's recorded at a decent level. It's recorded efficiently. Um, and also you're kind of in charge of, managing like groups of people at any given time so that's that's kind of like a part of the job that no one really tells you about if especially if you're like a producer and you have some sort of input into mm-hmm. the songs and you're kind of having to manage the expectations of the band but also trying to make their ideas a reality and also contribute creatively to the project and make sure that everybody doesn't crack up in the process so uh, it's quite well-rounded because 
for me, I always just imagine working in a recording studio is, do you know, like in the movies when there's like the big glass panel yeah. and you're just seeing someone singing? I just imagine someone stays at that desk all day and just mixes, but I never would have thought that it's so well-rounded that you're managing people, you're testing instruments, and then you do the stuff at the desk then. Yeah, that's totally it. And I think some people have like really different ways of working at that kind of thing. Like some recording engineers are just that. They're like... They're just mm-hmm. like kind of document the band. And so the band come in with their gear and the songs are the songs and nothing really changes. And so they just mic everything up and away they go. But um, And some days are like that for me. But then other days when the band have asked me to produce the track and, and have some sort of creative input at that point, you're kind of having to, you know, really communicate with the band and, and see how they want the song to go and, and how the kind of the rest of the day should go as well so that to me is that's like kind of more my typical day but it's mm-hmm. it's always different I think it's it's good if every day is different because it means that you're not you're not bored if that makes sense well like, I need the variation like if I was just doing the same thing day in day out I don't think I could hack that kind of job anymore I love like I love having like a different day every day and uh, do you know, out of all the artists that you've recorded, because I saw that you recorded Imelda May, and I just adore her. I think her music's amazing. <laughs> See, out of everyone yeah. who, who you have recorded, who would have been your favourite? Oh, favourite? That's a hard question. Um, I feel like <laughs> I don't want to like leave anybody out either. I don't want to offend anybody. I think maybe I've had like a couple of different like sessions that were amazing for different reasons. I've worked with a guy called Joshua Burnside, and... Mm-hmm. We did like a couple of tracks for his first album and some for his, his second record that's coming out um, hopefully later this year, I think. And working with him is always like a dream because it's, he's just like really easy going, but he kind of knows what he wants. And his songwriting is really like, it's just incredible. Um, so the first album that we did, we spent kind of three days working on these three songs and got the experiment with like a bunch of different ideas. Like we were recording like, bicycle wheels and stuff like that you know one of the songs we wanted it like kind of french and so there was like accordion in it but we had like you know drumsticks with like this mm-hmm. bicycle wheel being spun around you know so you could hear the spokes and stuff it was really like it was really really fun and really creative um and just because we got on quite well you know he's just so easy to be around um maybe another one as well was like a guy called martin johnson he's from glasgow and his band's called american clay and that was kind of in the first year that I was still working here at the studio. Um, and he came over for mm-hmm. a couple of days just to record like basically like a couple of demos and stuff. But because he was here on his own, mm-hmm. a lot of the time outside of the studio, we were just hanging out anyway, you know, and like going out for pints that night or like kind of going out for, you know, lunch if we kind of got like fed up of recording or whatever. So and we just ended up kind of becoming really good pals off the back of that so I suppose in that way that was probably one of my favourite ones too. How did it feel stepping in from doing your placement to working there? Like how did it make you feel hearing that a song that you produced was on BBC Radio 1? Um, That was crazy actually because I think like the first first ever project that I worked on it was um, I was still like an intern at the time and so I was mm-hmm. interning and the engineer on the album was uh, a guy called Chris Cassidy. And that was that was amazing that he was mm-hmm. able to kind of hand that project off to me to edit the audio. 
Um, usually, if if you had like an intern position in a studio, you probably would be like making cups of tea and cleaning the floor for like you know months and months on end. So, uh, working your way up. Working your way up exactly, and like coming in and kind of even spending that first week just being able to like dive straight into a project. It was stressful, but it was it was amazing to kind of see the inside workings of these songs and then a couple months later hear it on Radio 1. You know, that was like such a buzz. It was such a thrill. Um, and that doesn't really get old either. Like mm-hmm. even now when I've worked on like other songs that I've produced and stuff, it's still like the same kind of excitement. You know, when, when you're driving home at night after like a really, really long day, and that song comes on the radio and it's a total surprise like that feeling is amazing that's part of the reason why I think a lot of people do it as well you know it's it's really difficult to explain I'd say it's so hard to like even imagine I think it would be amazing that you're seeing something from scratch and then you're working on it and building it up and building it up to see your work kind of on a platform for everyone to experience it as well I think like that's that's definitely part of it and that idea of spending like a bunch of time in a room with these people and because it's such an intense experience you know like you're spending maybe like nine or ten hours a day with these with like a band or these people and you've made this thing that is fairly private you know like no one else knows about it at the time and you've you've kind of taken it from like this one idea that someone's dreamed up in their bedroom the next Mm -hmm. like you know in the next couple of months it's then on the radio for like everybody in the UK to hear and that's kind of that's a really strange kind of thing to have happened to think about this small idea that you've essentially made with like a bunch of friends and then everybody can enjoy it then that's cool there's so many people who are probably in school now or who are in university and have an interest in music technology what advice would you give to someone who is either wanting to become Mm -hmm. You know, like a recording artist themselves or kind of sit in the background and work on the editing what advice would you give them going forward um I think like the best thing that anybody can do is just get stuck in and try try a whole bunch of different things um to see what works for mm-hmm. you like for me I kind of started out playing in bands and I was playing gigs probably from the age of maybe 14 so even before going to mm-hmm. university I'd already had maybe four years of playing live and and seeing how that kind of world works and I was recording myself at home and in school and stuff like that that gave me the kind of insight and the and the knowing what I liked and what suited me um but definitely like for people that are looking to get into like engineering and mm-hmm. recording and producing and stuff I think like even going and helping like a local like front of house engineer that could be like a massive insight into how bands work, how that dynamic works, how mm-hmm. people in the music industry work. And it's a really good way of like kind of getting hands-on experience. I think if they're looking to be like a recording artist or like, mm-hmm. you know, like release their own music, there's so many tools out there now mm-hmm. that are like readily available. Like anybody can record anything on their phone. You know, you can get GarageBand for iPhone or you can get like loads of different multi-tracking apps. So that wasn't really around, I suppose, when I was younger. And that's like such an invaluable tool. Mm-hmm. You know, people could get started on it right away and write songs and, and release them. Definitely, because I remember 
see when I was about 14 in Derry as well, there was such a big band scene and everyone was playing in the nerve centre and now you don't really see much of that anymore because there are a lot more programmes available for people to kind of do them at home and do them with their friends, yeah. chilling out now where it wasn't really available back then. Definitely. And I think like the music industry here like has definitely changed. Like a lot of people pivoted towards like dance music and electronic mm -hmm. music. And that's cool too as well. Like that, that was something that whenever I was at university, I kind of, I stopped playing drums for a while and wasn't playing in bands. And we ended up kind of running like our own DJ night instead because we were all big into like house and techno and a lot of electronic music. So that was, that was interesting mm -hmm. to see that side of things too. Um, so I think like even like people now, even if they are looking to get into like recording or, you know, the production of music, even seeing part of that world is really beneficial too because it's all, it's all music at the end of the day, you know, like there's the same kind of process that goes into it from all angles, you know, like it starts with an idea, mm -hmm. writing a song, producing that song and then releasing it. So I think it's all helpful to like kind of widen your knowledge of all that too. Brilliant, that's really good advice for anyone who's thinking of going forward in that route, definitely. Thank you so much. Happy days, <laughs> cheers. Thanks very much.